Get ready for an unbelievable experience at Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp in Los Angeles, where you'll get to jam with Chad Smith of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Noodles from the Offspring, and Nick Hexum of 311. It's Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp, the most unique musician's experience on planet Earth. April 18th through the 21st in Hollywood, California. Perform the music of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, the Offspring, and 311 with Chad Smith, Noodles, and Nick Hexum. It's a rock and roll fantasy camp you just can't miss. Rock Camp the Podcast. Welcome to our 10th episode. I'm Miles Schumann here with David Fishoff and Britt Lightning, and I think we should just go ahead and get right into it, guys. One of the most interesting pieces of history at Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp is when you had Ginger Baker and David Crosby come to a camp, and that was a, they came to the same camp together, didn't they? Was that the same I camp? I think so. Yeah, I think it was Ginger and David in that same camp. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, you're taking me back to memory lane. Right, right. Hello, this is Ginger Baker. And I'm going to be at the Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp this November, the 58th, in Los Angeles, California. I want to invite you to come and be part of the camp where you can jam with me. So come to the camp and show me what you can do. Go to www.rockcamp.com to register, and I'll see you at the Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp in Los Angeles this November. And I promise faithfully not to hit anybody. <laughs> well, Ginger Baker was incredible because I grew up, my brother's a Cream fan. He's the first rock star I ever heard of. And as I told him, picking him up for the airport, I said, uh, I grew up, Ginger, I heard two names in my house. One was God and one was Ginger Baker. My father <laughs> talked about God and my brother talked about Ginger Baker. And he was, it was such an honor to have him because I, and then I saw the movie. So I got nervous. Everyone got nervous to seeing the movie. He came to camp and he was his last appearance. His daughter brought him and he came to camp and, you know, he wanted, he was in such pain. He was in chemo. He was in such pain. And he, you know, didn't really understand what we were doing. He knew that he had to jam with people, but he didn't know what it was. And he did a great Q&A. And following the Q&A, I, we put him on a, behind the drums and he just started playing. Just started playing. He just started playing. He didn't wait for anybody, any band to come up. And uh, they wanted to do a, uh, you know, gingerly would do sunshine of your love, you know, and he just kept playing, playing like he didn't hear. And then all of a sudden the band got behind him and they just started jamming behind him. And then the next band, I said, get off, take pictures. And the next band, come on, he just keep going. He would just keep going. And after about three bands, he's in such pain. And he turned to me, he says, I just need a break. And we went into the room. He says, I'm trying my hardest, David. What, uh, you know, I, I want to do good for you. I really want to do this. What can I do? And first of all, I, I couldn't take him out of his pain. But he, I said, just get up there on stage, just drum away, and I'll bring the bands. And that was his appearance. And But it was remarkable that he played with everybody. He jammed. They got to do their, their thing. They got the photos. But he had such an, a love and an effort to meet these people and to give them. Unlike in the movie, you see a, what a tough guy he was. He was totally the opposite. 
So I loved him. I thought he was, I thought he was, the fact that he came, he flew all the way from England. He wanted to make people happy. He wanted, he loved being in the public eye. Right. And I just thought it was a different ginger than most people knew. Well, and, and for those who don't know, the movie David's referencing is Beware of Mr. Baker, which is an entire movie dedicated to, you know, what a grouch ginger is, essentially. Yeah. And, yeah. and I had met him the first time when I was on tour with Ringo, and he came to visit Jack Bruce and Ringo. They were good friends in Colorado, and he was a fireman. And he was living in Colorado as a fireman. So he came backstage to our show in Colorado. And then Ringo said, why don't you come on stage and, and do the last song, Little Help My Friends, where he would bring all the guest stars. And Ginger got up there. We had another set set up for him. And I'll never forget Ringo's uh, introduction. Tonight we'll have 2% cream, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Ginger was amazing. So I got to meet him there. And, you know, he was, he was brilliant, uh, you know, everywhere. And, again, what an amazing drummer he was. Right. And an um, interesting guy. You know, he ran a polo farm. He left music polo to, farm to run a fire. polo farm. Yeah, lived in South Africa. He's just a, yeah. you know, really interesting. He inspired, like, everybody. Every, I mean, yeah. it's, it's crazy. I mean, like I was saying, Chad Smith, who's going to be at our upcoming Rock Camp, oh, was I can't heavily wait to talk inspired about it. by yeah. Ginger Baker. I remember Alex Van Halen doing an interview talking about how he was one of his biggest influences and how he said, Ginger really made me realize that drums are a musical instrument, that there's colors, mm. there's dynamics, and, and how nobody really played double bass the way he did, using these unique patterns that then shifted and complemented what was going on. He said, I never really saw people use their four limbs independently to like really just tie in and make... He just said it just brought drums to a whole new level for him. You know, and cool. then I found out afterwards that his drum set sold for twenty thousand dollars that he played at Rock Camp. Oh, really? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. yeah, they actually auctioned it off, and I know DW was involved, and I never went to charity, but someone wow. got someone paid twenty thousand dollars for that drum set. Yeah, that's interesting. I, if you look up Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp on eBay, you'll see some things from camp that are. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm anxious. I never do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, oh, people guitar. try to pay off their camps. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Right, right. Screw the twelve month financing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I saw one guitar from the 10th anniversary that I don't know who signed it but it was up going for seven grand right now I went David's got to up that package right now for that wow. signed guitar yeah I couldn't believe it yeah yeah, yeah it's something what's else what's cool too is sometimes people bring like pick guards or like a guitar and they have just everybody from all the camps so it's like how on earth could you get so many different signatures you know right so many various I, I'm telling you we got to do a contest send yeah. in send in to the podcast your, your wall yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. we should pick out the best wall yeah, it, it's that. funny to see you know when people start coming to camp and then they build their wall over the next year i mean you know bruce who's a regular camper i've, I've seen him he, he i remember when he first came to camp now he's put he posts pictures of his house sometime you know he has oh pete best signed drum head right here and and everybody oh and i, I everything. love when they when they pose when they put up their pictures with these artists yeah, you know yeah and uh, you know and they don't realize the rock camp logos behind them <laughs> right right exactly. <laughs> or you get the artist who who poses a picture with jeff beck and it's me and jeff beck well you can say you got him i met him at rock and roll fans yeah camp. Exactly. Hurt you, you know? Exactly. Oh, that's me jamming with him. Like, okay. Right, right. <laughs> Wait, weren't, weren't you an accountant? How did you end up jamming with him? Right. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, when we were doing these comedy camps, I remember we'd take the, we were renting the improv, and the improv said, David, we just need to cover up our logo. And you could put the, the comedy camp logo in because they don't want people saying they're performing, you know, but we don't care. The whiskey, the you know, you can perform. Yeah. And, but, yeah, right. it's always fun where people met 
that you meet these people at rock camp right right well no i mean i remember that as a kid there i had a band once where there was a i had a kid in my band and we were about to take a picture and he said wait let's not do it in front of the rock and roll fantasy camp sign let's yeah. do it over here you know yeah people, okay that's part of the experience people want to make sure, it look like great. they came out and jammed with with these guys on their own sure you know do yeah, it. Ginger what? baker just called me up yeah exactly like, yeah exactly called yeah. me up <laughs> he said he couldn't find his guitar player yeah, yeah. yeah right. he wanted to try out this new drum right pattern. he happened to be looking in wisconsin for guitar <laughs> yeah. players but, yeah, yeah well the guy who shows up to us IR. He's never been in a band before, and he says he form, meets guys at camp, and they form a band. And he says he sounds. He says we want to rent the room here once a week. And the guy looks at him. He says, "Have you ever been in a band before?" So yeah, look here. It's a picture of me and Roger Daltrey at House yeah. of Blues the other day. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah, I see that on uh, people will come to camp sometimes, and then next thing you know, you see on their website, "Oh, I've played with Sammy Hagar. Yeah. I played with so and so." Great. All right, great. Yeah, great. You, I love it. Yeah, I love it. They're not wrong. They're not lying. No, they're not they, lying. They got pictures and, and to prove you it. know what? And so many people have gotten jobs because they've been at rock camp and they show these pictures, the tribute bands. You know all these bands, and they can show the picture that they were there, and they actually jammed with that person. So I think it's great. Is yeah. anything above the noise? It's exactly. getting back. It, everybody has an opportunity to get above the noise. That's I thought right. it was cool at the last women's camp. Um, you know, we had a, a heart tribute band there. Oh, almost the whole band, you know, members, and 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 they were, you know, in front of Nancy, and Nancy, you know, gave the stamp of approval and stuff. It's very cool. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. And outside their website, and they're getting twenty five thousand dollars a gig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, you know, because we were talking about news that's been broken at Rock Camp. There's a quote that I see people quote all the time from Paul Stanley, and it came from a Q and A that we did at Rock Camp, where he said, you know, I I love all the Kiss tribute bands, but they just never have a good Paul. I think all the Kiss tribute bands are great, but none of them have a good Paul. Gene's really good. Oh, that guy's, you know, I always go, the, the Paul guy. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I'd like to, to see somebody who um, incorporates what I've done with a lot of the things that inspired me. Um, you know, you have, you have to remember, when we go on tour, I mean, the last tour we did um, was just stadiums in, in South America, Europe, and nobody in the audience is going, where's so-and-so? You know, they're there to see KISS, and um, the people who think or thought that the band couldn't exist without the original members are 50% wrong now. So, to me, it's just another step. And people take that and they run it. It's this line that I see, you know, people, sometimes they use it to kind of make fun of them, you know, on stuff, but that came from Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp, too. I mean, you come to a camp, you will get some inside information on the industry and, and beyond. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. 
Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey, i never forget, you interviewed Paula Camp, and he said something about his mother and the father. And it just hit me that night. And I called him the next day, and I just I had to confirm what you said because I had the same type of relationship with my mother that you had with your father. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he's so honest. You know, you can tell he's gone. He, you know, he, he's been public about going to therapy and, right. and talking about his life, and he's brilliant. And you can learn a lot from these rock stars, and I— you know, I talk about that all the time. That's why I wanted to write this book, Rock Your Business, 10 years ago. The book sold out. But I, it just inspired me what you can learn from these people because they've seen life differently than most of us, you know. And, yeah. and you know, the, 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 the turtles used to have a, a, a saying, start the deposition without us, you know, we'll, yeah. we'll be there, you know. But you can learn so much from these rock stars. They're so well-read. They're so creative. They're... They're just one step above, I really believe, in, in their creativity to where they've gotten. And that's why I respect them. It's unbelievable. Well, that that's Paul Stanley Q&A, I remember it was interesting because he also spent a lot of time talking about himself as a father and, you know, being out on the road and, and man, kind of balancing those two different parts of life. How do you go about balancing being a superstar and being a parent? Your first priority has to be your children. Right. There's nothing more important than your family and uh, everything else has to find its way around that. You know, when, when, when you're younger and you don't have kids and you don't have family, your band or your music or whatever you pursue is your life. The beauty about having children, hopefully, is that you step out of the center. Everybody believes the world revolves around them, but once you have children, I think if you approach it with uh, the right spirit, you move out and, and give them the center. So what do I do? I drive my kids to school. Um, I drive them to soccer games and whatever else is going on. I think that is really grounding. The rest of it is, quite honestly, it's, it's, it's transient. It doesn't last forever. And the reason you see some bands that are always on tour is because they really don't have a life. Right. They have nothing when they go home. Um, they live to be on stage because that's where they get the approval that's lacking from inside them. Are your kids fully aware of how big KISS actually is? Totally. Yeah. It, it's interesting when you grow up in something, yeah, it, it's pretty normal in their lives, but um, they're real real aware of it. Um, I'll tell you a great story about, about Evan. When Evan was younger, he was, uh, oh, you're still young. Um, when Evan was younger, we went to Disney World with a someone who was piloting our, our plane at the time, and his son came along, and they had just finished being out on tour with a, another big American band. And uh, the, the kid, who was very young, said, oh, you know, we just came back from being with Aerosmith. And Evan goes, who's Aerosmith? And he goes, <laughs> the guy goes, Aerosmith is the greatest band in rock and roll. And Evan goes, my dad's in the greatest band in rock and roll. And that's always one of my favorite questions to bring up if I'm doing a Q&A is, you know, 
kind of balancing just being a normal family guy and also being a rock star. I thought Mike Portnoy had a great point about it when, when we talked to him during the Q&A at the last camp. I live in a very normal suburban um, neighborhood in, in Pennsylvania. I, I grew up in New York uh, about 20 years ago. I wanted to raise my kids in a more suburban area, so we moved to Pennsylvania. And yeah, I, I would um, take my kids, you know, go to my daughter's, you know, dance recitals or my son's, you know, band things. And yeah, I, I guess every, every town's got a, a local rock star, you know? <laughs> like I said earlier, we, you know, me and all the guys in Dream Theater, we all, we all had kids and families at the same time. So all of our kids grew up together on the road, uh, you know, hanging out backstage, looking for catering, and, um, you know, running from bus to bus. So my kids kind of grew up in that environment. So now that my son, He's done it his whole life, but it's you know as far as my neighborhood, and I've always had very very cool supportive neighbors and all the people that are the other parents and school and stuff like that. They've always been kind of intrigued by you know the lifestyle that we live. And that's what you really get at a rock and roll fantasy camp. You'll come and you'll see these people as people. And you'll realize they why they've been married four times and yeah. five times, because <laughs> yeah. they've lived on the road. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or Zach, though. That was pretty impressive, because he's been with Barbara Ann oh, for, that's for great. her. Yeah. Yeah. you got to respect that. We actually that. did. We asked relationship advice. Somebody asked that. Somebody or maybe, did. Or maybe it was yeah. you. Yeah, somebody did. And, and he just said, yeah, he, he gave great advice. Yeah, I'll pull that clip. I'll, I'll pull that clip, because yeah. that's a good one. I say, speaking of Barbara, you guys have been together since high school. What's the secret? I mean, I mean, people, some people say it's kind of extreme, but I really don't think it is. I mean, I just, for me, what works for us is uh, I just chain her up and keep her in the basement at all times and keep her heavily sedated so she has no idea what's going on. And, you know, but uh seems to be working so far. I mean, we've been together for, you know, 63 years now. So, I mean, but... uh no, I, I think with as far as marriage goes and just for being with anybody, I mean, I, you, you have to like your situation. Because yeah, I, I remember, like, read, whenever I read, like, these things and somebody was talking about, like, one of the guitars or whatever, you know, on, on a post, and they're like, hey, Zach, man, uh, I'd really like to get that guitar, but, you know, my wife won't let me. I'm like... <laughs> like, that's like, like, who would want to be in a relationship like that, man? You know what I mean? Like, if my wife wants it, I want her to be happy and have whatever, do whatever you want, man. You know what I mean? Yes. And she uh, locks me up in the basement and I can't come out. So, uh, <laughs> when she tells me I can't go out with my friends, I just tell the guys, I'm sorry, I can't go out tonight. You know? <laughs> no, I, I just think, uh, like with anything, being in a band or being in any situation or having a job or anything that you like that, it's just like you're in some job. You're like, Zach, I hate this place, but I'm going to end up stabbing this guy. I go, you've been saying that for the last six years. Why are you there? You know what I mean? So I think it's everybody's writing their own books. So I mean, I mean, for me, I mean, obviously, if you get into an argument, you know, I mean, but, you know, the other thing is a lot of people can't say they're sorry. You know what I'm saying? Like the fonts, you know what I mean? You can't say, you know. I mean, that usually helps a little bit. So, uh, but no, I think you, you have to like your situation, you know what I mean? Without a doubt, I think that's just the whole situation, man.
that doesn't happen on the road often. We have Barbara Ann, we have Shep and Alice. I mean, sorry, Alice and Cheryl. <laughs> right? Shep, yeah, Shep oh, and Alice. Was that revealed? That <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's yeah. giving out. <laughs> that's new news. Blabbermouth, don't pick yeah, that up. Yeah, Blabbermouth's going to grab that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, Cheryl and Alice together all those years. You know, I remember they, Neil Schoen coming to camp and telling the story that after every after every tour, he goes before the judge and just says, you got to give the, this new wife half of it and you can get divorced. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah, he's, and he's been through it a bunch of times, you right, know? Right, right. Well, I mean, you know, you guys can even speak to that as both people who have been out on tour. I mean, that's a hard thing to balance kind of managing a normal life and also because touring is not a normal life in any way. No. no. That's why I've never been married. Right. <laughs> Yet. Well, that'll be a fun wedding eventually when it happens. But anyway, so we actually had I'm, I'm going to jump back real quick and then we'll talk more about David Crosby and, and Ginger Baker. But we had one more thing from from the vault with Man Cow's interview with Judas Priest, which I want to touch on real quick. Somebody asked him, because Richie Faulkner, who's the guitar player in Judas Priest, he had just joined the band at the time, and, and Mancow asked, you know, Rob about writing with Richie. We'll go ahead and listen to that clip right now. It was really fast. I mean, when we came, while we were on the Epitaph tour, Richie was writing songs in the dressing room. You know, I'd go past the tune-up room and I'd say to Glenn, fuck is that? That's just amazing. <laughs> I'd always say, he's, write, he's writing songs for the next album. I said, you know, Glenn, you let him do it. <laughs> Take some of the load off my back. But, um, so, uh, by the time we went into Redeemer sessions, we had an enormous amount of material. I mean, we wanted to release a double album, uh, but the label suggested that that wasn't a good idea, and, you know, the business side. Ugh. Um, but uh, as it turned out, it was like a 15-track. We, we had about 20-odd songs ready to go. So we, we whittled it down to what we wanted to do for that first piece, and there was the deluxe piece, deluxe, whatever. Um, but what I'm saying is that um, it could have been an absolute nightmare, because it's one thing to play on the stage and play the songs that you know, but to actually come up with something fresh and for it to fit into your world, you don't know, you never know. Right, you can talk to th this point a little bit, is when you join a band of older musicians and you're a younger musician, how do you balance that kind of trying to contribute while also knowing your place as the younger person in the band? I think it's all about respect. As long as you show that you respect the artists and, and you have, you know, admiration for what they've done and, and the, you know, and you're not trying to reinvent them or, you know, change, you know, you know, the wheel that they've been spinning for, you know, their whole career. I think I think then, you know, fresh ideas are are very welcomed. Like everybody wants, oh, like new fresh blood, like coming into a band. That's that's great for creativity. It's great for idea flow. But I just think, you know, not to just ever discount the past or anything else or, or, or ever reference anything as being like dated or anything like that because you know th this is people's soul that they're putting out there on their records and and you know times change and they, you know but I think I think just having a mutual respect yeah. knowing that everybody has something to contribute though how do you avoid being a yes man like with Ringo you know here here's this he's a beetle that's as big as it gets in music and you guys are just starting out your relationship how do you how do you kind of Balance not pissing him off, but also making suggestions to a Beatle and, and working with them. So there's a, a fellow that I always looked up to, and I'm going to kill myself because I know his first name is George. And George used to put together my Ringo tours. And he's also Bruce Springsteen's right-hand production guy and from Massachusetts. And I always looked up to him because when I put together the All-Star Band, we hired him to you know get into the production and everything. 
And I just sat in a room with him and watched him, the way he would talk to Ringo. And it's the same way he would talk to Bruce Springsteen. And he wasn't a yes man. He basically explained, this is the stage, and this is how much it's going to cost you if you do this, and if you do that, if you want to stay in this hotel, and if you want to fly here. And it was, he was just so honest and straight with them and told them the truth. And he was really one of my mentors because I think that you know, telling people the, 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 the truth is what these rock stars want to hear. They, they can hear all the BS from the fans, and they can hear it from you know, all the, everybody around them. But to get the real George Travis, and to me, he's one of the greatest in the business because Springsteen's still touring. He still does. He's, you know, he started as a rigger, and he still you know, can talk to Bruce the way you know, about the stage and the band and everything. He's so clear. He's so clear that he's really one of my idols that I was able to really learn how to talk to talent that way. And, you know, and when you can learn to talk to talent, they, they appreciate, they want the truth. They want to know, you know, how much am I going to net on this tour? How much am I going to net on this gig? You know, if I take the plane here and, you know, because the tour managers, they're, they're yes people. Oh, sure, take the plane, whatever you want. That's their mm-hmm. job. They never say no to a talent. It's like what we do at camp. It's always, the answer is always yes. It's always yes. But yeah. I really appreciated to hear from Troy Travis the truth and the way he used to, you know, tell the artist, it's going to cost this amount, it's going to cost you more of this. And he would basically, you know, it's funny, we were touring the first year and we stayed in, in at the hotel, the George Shank in Paris. And I remember the rooms were $1,000 a night and the crew is walking in and, and the roadies are walking in. We're all staying in the hotel and saying, boy, this is going to cost Ringo a ton of money. And uh, the second year we were on tour, and all of a sudden, I don't think Ringo really understood that, you know, really understood it. So George went and sat down with him and said, this is the way the costs go. And I thought he was so clear about it. So to me, having a tour manager or having a, a manager talking the clarity and being clear with every artist and being open is probably the best way to, they want to hear the truth. It's honesty. Honesty builds respect. Honesty builds respect. Yeah. yeah. No, that makes sense. That definitely makes sense. And you know, we always have great... That's why people come back to Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp over and over again. We lay it out exactly what lay they're going to get. Everything, you know, we, we make sure all bases are covered. And I think that's why you've had so much success with it. Back to Ginger Baker and David Crosby. That was such an interesting camp. We were talking about Ginger Baker a little bit here. David Crosby also came to that camp. Have you ever heard someone else do one of your songs in a way that just both blew you away on the positive, like totally different from how you wrote it, and then the opposite, where you heard someone do one of your songs and said, I don't ever want to hear that again. I've heard that. (laughs) I've heard that a number of times. Mostly people don't cover my songs because they're just too weird. Uh, They're in tunings and they're strange, you know, they're Guinevere or they're Deja Vu or they're, you know... Every once in a while, somebody does it, and sometimes every once in a very long while, they do it well. Uh, And sometimes it's totally startling. Uh, Miles Davis did one of my tunes. And that was really quite strange. I mean, really strange. But most people don't mess with my stuff, and I wish they would. You said in the first episode, you've already said this, so this is out there, that you know he, he didn't fully get it when he came to camp. It was an interesting experience. No, I think he fully got it. Okay. I think he just wanted to take the money and run. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and I think, he, I think he did totally get it, because I was trying to reach out to him constantly, 
calling him or reaching out to his manager and, and say, I just want to talk to him. I want to make sure that he understands what we're doing. He understood everything. He just, he, it was a money gig for him. How could I take the money and do the least? Right. And I remember calling the manager a month later and just saying, I was really upset, you know, and because I felt like, you know, you yesed me. And she said, David, I apologize. And I fired him also as a client. Wow. So I had, you know, I had no complaint because, and, and unfortunately his reputation you know, it's public. You know, there's stuff all about him. He was a great artist. Mm -hmm. He was a great songwriter, but he couldn't get along with the guys in his band. But, I, you know, I think his appearance for me was really disappointing. And I, I think that maybe he needed the money. And I wish I would could have wrote him a check for charity instead of just showing up to camp. Yeah. Because he, yeah. he was disappointing to me. And I would say 99% are amazing experiences. That was one of my bad ones. Right. But, you know, that, that happens so, like you said, 99% yeah, are amazing. Totally. And it's interesting to talk about these that aren't, you know, a guy like David Crosby coming in because that, that's a, you know, you get that in rock and roll sometimes. You know what? It is rock and roll. I even had it with counselors. So, you know, there's some names that uh, we don't want to talk about, but there were lead singers and bands who begged me to come to camp. And, and he just wasn't good. You know, he just, you know, he, he just didn't know, how to, didn't know what he was doing. He wanted to do it, didn't know how to do it. You know, that's not an easy job coming and teaching people and, and, and gaining control of a band. I mean, you know, because especially this is a band that are five, six people who never met each other. And they have all these different personalities. And now you have to put them all together. And that's, you know, no matter if, if you look at the different musics we're doing, we're, you know, we're doing music of the Chili Peppers. We're, we do Foo Fighters. We're going to do so many other new bands. But I stay with this, basically the same instructors because mm -hmm. they can learn the music and they know how to how we operate as a system. Right. And I think that's what's important that, you know, you, you, you know, they'll teach you how to be in a band. They'll mm -hmm. teach you music you can learn. But you can learn a, a, a David Crosby song, right? Mm -hmm. You can play yeah. music. But the learning how to be in a band and how to and, and the emphasis of being going to rock and roll fantasy game has to come from the experience of these these great mentors. Right. So, and you can be a great musician and not be a great mentor for sure. Like oh, absolutely. So that's, teach, right? that's the whole thing too. And so always though, the counselors that we hire are amazing because they yeah. all have just that special ability to, to connect with people. So say you get a new counselor who's never done it before. How do you prep them to kind of know what to expect when they come in? Well, we have conversations with them ahead of time and you can tell right away if they're, if they sound like they're not really into that, like certain aspects you're like, Oh wait, I got to do that too. And it's like, that's what we don't want. You, you want somebody that's all hands on deck, whatever, the situation calls for you're going to make it work and you're going to do whatever it takes That's and, and i think what's great is we talk about the word collaboration but you know rudy sarzo is the first one to say tell them to call me i'll, I'll help them yeah you know and i'll get them through it and i think the new ones at camp there's no question but joel hoekstra and Britt and Vinny will help that counselor so if they're having someone's weak in the band They'll say, "I'll pull that person out and, and you know work with them." So the collaboration, where it's it's not it's a non-competitive environment, mm -hmm. is just amazing to me. Is how how much they want to give and how much Vinny will teach a guy a, a drum lick, and because he just wants to be helpful. And I think in return, besides you know these counselors have made some amazing friends oh, and they've yeah. played on a lot of albums for these people, and the relationships have just been. Everyone's favorite relationship is the one they met at camp. I always find that people are amazed too at how many hours the counselors put in when oh. they come. I uh, mean, because you don't know, you don't necessarily realize they are there as long as you are as a camper. They're there the whole time. I, 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 Britt taught me that. How much she's, you know, what are you doing? Oh, I'm preparing for camp. Yeah. And I call another. What are you doing? I'm learning these songs. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't realize 
over the years how much you know preparation the council's got to do because they're going to jam together. Yeah. So they want to hear the songs. You remember they used to send the tapes and everything like that. So I think they, I think part of camp for them is a challenge, and part of camp is also for them to to meet the, the names. You know, like we sent out, Britt sent out a letter to ten campers, uh, ten councils for our next camp. And usually we tell them what the theme of the camp is. But just want to know if you're available. We didn't want to get it out there. And nine of them wrote back, what's the camp? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do Prague. Yeah. <laughs> it's true because, you know, and counselors get nervous too. Rockstars get nervous yeah. too because we are the ones that are teaching. So if we don't know our shit, you know, then, then, then we look really bad. Like we have to be the ones guiding you. So we better know everything inside and out. I'm not a drummer, but I got to know the drum parts inside and out. I got to know where that fill is and where, you know, what the, what the time signature is over here. And yeah. Talk about that a little bit. Cause I, I've gotten that question on the phone a couple times too, is, Hey, well, if I'm a drummer and I get placed with a guitar player, you know, how, how, how are they going to help me get up to speed on the drum parts? I mean, what do you do in that situation? I mean, the counselors have all, we've all been in bands our entire lives playing with all these instruments. So you, you, you just know you right. you learn you know it's kind of like you know you might be I don't know a, a vegetarian but if at one point you you know you know what a burger is still. yeah yeah you know what I mean so you just yeah you know and then like David said you know you can get assistance from the other other counselors we all work collectively together so. right right but yeah and then you don't want to let your other counselors down because there is an all star counselor jam so it's like yeah if I didn't learn White Snake the way Joel and Tony know how to play it then I'm gonna let them down so I gotta practice yeah I've never thought <laughs> about yeah that. and and you know it's interesting I was talking to Bruce the other day I was we were couple you on on how the respect you've gotten from all these other musicians because that's not easy mm -hmm. you know this poor you know she's she's the young one in the camp and you know yeah. to get the respect of the other ones of these musicians because they're you know they got their own egos you know and but I, I think that the counselors how they work together and you know the unity of coming together is, is really great right really fun and something we haven't talked about, too, you know, I'm just thinking about all these questions that people ask. Now I'll just be able to say, go listen to the podcast. But how do how do you figure out what counselor to place me with? You know, you can you can request a counselor. You don't you get a questionnaire where you can put out, you know, three top picks of counselors. But how do you actually go about, you know, oh, this person would be right with Joel. This person would be right with Vinny. What's that process? Well, I kind of do know, you know, I get to know the counselors. I know their personality types. And I know ones that really want close to perfection and, and really, really want things to sound great. And I know other ones that want it to be more loose and improv and have, like, more fun. So I try to, you know, put personality types with personality, certain personality types. That's a good way of doing it. Yeah, because you don't think about that so much as, you know, you're dealing with musical skill here, but you're also dealing with personalities for four days. It's, it's yeah. coming together. Personality is huge. I yeah. mean, yeah, that's, that's important. That's interesting. Because, yeah. Usually, when real bands come together, you know, if you're playing in your your town you grew up in, whoever has chemistry, you start working together. But here, you know, it's it's a gamble. You don't know who you're going to be paired with, so there's not pre-existing chemistry or any history like that. So, but it gets built in those four days. Oh, it really more than does. anything, more than anything, the bonds that come out of rock camp are, are like no other. Right, it counts the bonds. Yeah, you know, I mean, how many good people are playing on Joel's records and and they they're I see them getting together with Tony Franklin and right. and I lately I've been getting a lot of new songs from campers that uh, Simon Kirk has played on it and Joel has played on it and and to Tony Franklin and and Vinny. I love that. I think that's great. The fact that you're going to leave camp, you're going to write a new song, you're going to record on it and then you can contact Joe Vitale to play drums on your send me the track. He'll play the drums, and it's really not a lot of money, and, and you right. know, and because Vinny doesn't have to leave his house, send him the song, he'll play on it. So those collaborations have been really great. 
Yeah. Really great. It's always fun to see those happen. Yeah. It's like in Brit, I think we've talked about this a little bit on the podcast before, but you've even done some of that, right? You've played on campers' records and stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 Isn't so, that cool? That is they cool. Play these people, they come to camp, they've never been in a band before, now they're writing new songs. And yeah. They're, and they're, yeah, you know how much excitement you get? And then they're, and on you on my record, I got Brit Lightning and I got Tony Franklin on bass and I got Vinnie Apice. I mean, how amazing that is to, you know, share with their friends. Right. It's Well, I mean, if you come to camp and Paul Stanley says, you sound great, how can you not start a band and take it to the next level right. after camp, you right. know? I can what always, more fuel do you possibly need? I can always tell if something came from camp because you'll see, oh, you know, new project collaborating between Tony, Vinny. It's it's five names <laughs> that are at every rock and roll fantasy camp. Well, so. you know, I mean, I remember the story that happened with Jeff Beck and, you know, we, we Jeff Beck comes to camp mm-hmm. and then he's supposed to leave Saturday night and... He says to me, "Who's playing? Where are these bands playing?" I said, "They're playing in the lobby, you know, at the bar at the MGM Grand." He says, "I want to come down and watch them," and he came. And then he was supposed to leave Sunday morning from Vegas, and he says to me, "What's happening today?" I said, "Brian Wilson." Well, wait, wait a minute. Brian Wilson's going to be at camp. I said, "Yeah, he's going to be in today." He says, "I want to come," and he and I picked him up, and he came. He sat in the back. He watched lunch, the Q and A, and then he watched him. And he's sitting there like a little kid. I mean, here's Jeff Beck, the greatest guitar player in the world, yeah. and he just looking at Brian Wilson. Next thing you know, those two went on tour together. Wow. wow. So, I mean, you know, what a collaboration that was to see. And, you know, Brian Wilson and Jeff Beck should not be on tour together. But yeah. they loved each other, and they had such respect, and so that worked. So, oh, yeah, no, cool. that's yeah, wow. a lot of fun stuff has come out of camp. Yeah, Britt, talk about the musical influence of, of Jeff. I mean, Jeff Beck coming to Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. First of all, that must have been a dream for you. I'd love to know how, how you booked him. But, you know, the, the pictures. Musical... I'm always going to tell you pictures. Right. right. <laughs> I love that answer. <laughs> but, but that was, I mean, that's, if you ask some of the greatest guitar players in the world, they'll always say the greatest guitar player in the world is Jeff Beck, right? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, he was, like Rod Stewart said in an interview, he said, Jeff is an entrepreneur of the guitar. I thought Mm. that was a cool line. And he is, I mean, just from his expression. It's really, Jeff Beck is the personification of, you know, music flowing out of you communicating. Like, you know, if he couldn't speak, it would be fine because he speaks through his music so proficiently. Um, And his just use of expression and, you know, what he does with volume and how we use feedback, he's just so technical and he's just crossed so many boundaries and and he's kind of he's just i think he's inspired pretty much everybody i've ever met that played guitar yeah was it hard to get him to come to camp no you know it it was a matter of that is you know listen i ask these people all the time and you know just kind of sometime in their moment that just hits them you know with him it was you know what? It sounds interesting, cool. He's in between managers, and he said, "You know, he said to me, I figured this business has been so good to me. I want to give back, and what a better place for me to give back than to musicians, you know, who really would have a fun time playing with me." So he didn't. So he came, and I'll never forget. The first band was Teddy, and they were nervous. The people were nervous. Now I got to tell you something. For me, it was very hard because I had more people signing up and canceling because they were scared. Yeah, uh, they were intimidated. And I had to talk everybody off the ledge. And I remember talking to this, this famous Disney producer who signed up first. And he said, I said, you can't quit. He says, I'll come to another camp, David. And I said, no, 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 no. you got to come to this camp. And he went through the camp. And he says it in the film that it was the greatest experience of his life. And then he turned around and he saw the drummer from Chicago playing with him. Right. So I, I think that having Jeff back there was, was really quite interesting because the next time I called a rock star, sure, I'll be there. You know, someone will turn me <laughs> down. So if Jeff Beck can do it, so can I. He was great. And, and like I said, he stayed for two full days and he was there and 
he was just, uh, I'm, it's sad that he passed away, you yeah. know. But we had, we, we had great talks. And never forget, he said to me, we talked about marriage. And he said to me, my first wife told me, it's either the guitar or me. And he said, well, it's going to be the guitar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Never give a and, musician that choice. Yeah, that was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right. And then he, we talked about cars. And I was just about ready to propose to him, let's do a, a, a guitar, you know, guitar and rods, you know, where everyone brings their fancy. Because he loved working on cars. I mean. Mm. It's crazy, but he loved that. That was his relaxation where he would, you know, go and be a mechanic with the cars. So, rock and rods, that's what I was going to do. I said, let's do a camp, rock and rods, because some people showed up. They showed up to camp in these in these crazy cars because they knew that he was a fan. And he was just so mellow. And I think the, the and then it was really funny because, you know, his wife said to me, please don't let anyone record this. And after the first band, he said, I said, you know, they're asking. He said, I don't mind. He said, they can record this. And he was like really open about it. And he, and he just, he really enjoyed the experience. And I was hoping that, like I said, we were going to do a Rock and Rods. And I know I saw him at the Hollywood Bowl. I went to see him afterwards. And he was so nice to me. He hugged me. He said, that thing was so great and great experience. And so he was really sad that he's not with us anymore. But yeah. he was, to me, a real legend. And Because not only legendary, you can look at him as a musician, but as a person. Mm -hmm. So to me, that combines both of legendary. You can be a great musician, but to be a great person, you know, uh, you know that, that you, who has that talent, that's a great thing. Right. And it, it, it still even helped get talent in recent. I think I, I remember, you know, when I was working with you guys over COVID and everything and starting to you guys were starting to put together the women's only camp. There was a guitar player or somebody who had never done a camp before and said, oh, I heard about it from Jeff Beck. I heard I got to do it. Well, what's her name? Jennifer the, Batten. Jennifer Batten. It was Jennifer yeah. Batten. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was promoting it. It was so great. <laughs> right. I yeah. Did the camp. He, yeah. Beck was unbelievable. It's really one of my favorite guys coming to camp and and just loves his personality and 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 just who he was, you know. I mean, someone shared a story with me, the late Jeff Foskett. Yeah. Who was a great one. You know, I met Jeff through Roger Daltrey and after Roger did camp, he says, You gotta meet my friend Jeff Foskett and he'll bring you Brian Wilson. The next six months later I had Brian Wilson at camp. Wow. And Jeff Foskett told me the story because he came to that camp because I had Brian Wilson and he said he said to Eric Clapton, so Jeff Beck was at a an event and Jeff Foskett said, Jimmy Page and Eric Clapton, the three of them were in a room, and it's just, I asked them, which is the greatest player amongst the three of you? And they both turned their fingers to Jeff Beck. Wow. And, you know, this hearing this from Clapton, you know, it was just unbelievable. So to have Jeff Beck at Rock Camp was really a big move. Now, a lot of cancellations, a lot of people got scared, but the ones who came had the greatest experience ever. And that's, that's the story of Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. That's a good place to call it a day for this one. If you really want the true story other than Rock Camp the podcast, Rock Camp the movie is your best next bet. Rock Camp the oral history, which you can get on Amazon. RockCamp.com if you want to find out about future camps. I'm Miles Schumann, Brit Lightning, David Fishoff. Thank you guys so much. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. 
and why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.